Both got on the Zoom with the backwards hats. I flipped my hat around so we weren't matching like that. But that's been kind of becoming a staple for you, Peter Apple. Just Baseball Show, Tuesday, August 30th. Jack, Peter, uh, we're talking schedule ahead for contenders. I've also got some very cherry-picked numbers that I want to throw Peter's way, and I think he did the exact same thing. Um, new webcam for you, though. You look hot. I look manufactured. I'm not this tan. I'm glad that the webcam for all the people watching on YouTube gives me a tint. Yeah. But I am not, I look better in this webcam than I do in real life. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. And it doesn't look natural either. It doesn't oh. look like you went to, to sunny California or Florida. It looks like you went to LA tan. What's it called? Jersey tanning bed. Yeah. It, it, you know, I'll take it though. We, you know, mm -hmm. we should have lied off the top. And said I went to LA. We should have. But you're from there. It's not that cool if you're from there. I guess. But it'd be cooler if we lied. But it's fine. Yeah, this is fine. Um, you're in New York. The Yankees dropped two or three to Oakland over the weekend. How do you feel? I feel fine. I mean, I don't feel good. They won 13 to four. They blew them out in the first game. It's great. And it was especially you take over that momentum for when they took those two games from the Mets. But the series before that, they lost three out of four of the Blue Jays. You know, instead of the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows, it's been high, low, high, low, high, low. Yeah. And when the offense doesn't show up, it doesn't show up. But we've gotten good pitching performances, at least lately. You know, a couple of times through the rotations, Frankie Montas is going to pitch tonight. Yeah. I feel fine. I still am in the same boat that the Astros are the best team in the American League and the Yankees are the second best team in the American League. And when you get shut out by Adam Aller, it's it's just embarrassing. Kind of stinky. I mean, I think he lowered his ERA from 6-8 to 5-9 or something like that. So that is kind of stinky. But Clay Holmes is back from the IL Stanton is back from the IL the team's yeah. looking healthier but now Nestor is on the shelf. Yeah. It's just not the full Yankee team yet. But I feel fine. I'm not happy that you lost we lost 2 of 3 to the Oakland A's. Yeah. One of the worst teams in baseball, but it is what it is. How do you think the the 3 with Anaheim goes? Because you've got 3 in LA with the Angels and then you fly cross country again and you go to Tampa. That's yeah. a big-time series over the weekend, Friday through Sunday. But starting with the Angels, how do you feel like that goes? Like, if they drop two of three, how do, like what does that do to your level of concern? So we're recording right before Frankie Montas toes the rubber in Anaheim. Against yeah. Jose Suarez. Yeah. I do think that the Yankees are going to win this game. We'll come back tomorrow. You'll be listening to this in the morning. And, yeah, and they lost 10-6. They yeah. lost 10-4. And which is great. If the Yankees lose this series and then they lose again to Tampa, 
I'm going to get start to get a little worried if they drop these series in a row. But I really do think that the Yankees are going to win this series against Los Angeles. I think yeah. they're going to carry that momentum and then play the Rays really well. Yeah, that makes sense. But you know, here is starting the time where you want to get hot and then build that momentum into October. You give the Yankees their, I guess, what is it? You give the Yankees their, what is it? You give the Yankees their... They're okay. I don't even know what you're trying to say right now. I'm saying I can't help you. You know, when the Yankees are playing really bad in August, like we give them that, and then moving forward to September, October, let them get hot. Let them have their lull. It's and it, then yeah. get hot moving into the into October. Lull. But now is the time to get hot into October now. Yeah. Were you were you gonna call it like a mulligan? Let them get their mulligan. Not really, but sort of, because a mulligan is is like all right, a two-week stretch, but we gave them a month and a half of yeah, really not it's playing. Been a great really baseball. bad month and a half for so the a mulligan. I don't even think works there either. Yeah. Um. Before we move to the schedules ahead, are you going to listen to FAN on Friday at the Trop? Friday, September second. Why is it something particular? That'll be King Kelman. That'll be Howard Kelman on the call for the Yankees. No way. Yeah, you didn't see that. I didn't see that. Talk oh to me about it. God, it was all over social. Yeah. So you know how John Sterling has had a bunch of people filling in over the years? Yes. So Howard Kelman is going to be doing Friday night Yankees Rays at Tropicana Field. So out, yeah. out. Howard going to do Friday, my Indianapolis Indians broadcast partner who's been a guest on this podcast. Um, yeah, he's he's going to hop out there. He's going to work with Susan Waldman. So if you're watching Yankees Rays, make sure you flip off yes and make sure you turn on FAM and have it simulcast. I'm excited to see Howard's, uh, what he's going to say, the Yankees win. What's he going to give us? So uh, at the beginning of games, um, he, he's got this like go-to thing with the Indians. Um, sit back wherever you are, you know, sit back and enjoy Indianapolis Indians baseball. Like uh, he'll run through the defense, all that. But then at the tail end, his sign off, he gears up into like this crescendo. If we play a night game, it's good night, everybody. Or if it's a day game, it's goodbye, everybody. So I'm hoping that we get a good night, everybody, at the tail end, which would be awesome. I would like that. I would like that. I would like to hear him put throw the Yankees in there, though, if the Yankees do win. But if they don't win, I want to hear it. I yeah. want to hear both sides. I understand. I understand. He, he's been practicing the out cue um, on the WFAN Yankees radio network, driven by Jeep. You know how <laughs> Sterling says? It? Yeah. So he's been, uh, he's been practicing that, I know. So we've got another... Uh, Indianapolis Indians at Louisville Bats game, the Reds AAA affiliate, and then he's flying out. So that'll be that'll be kind of crazy. But uh, the Rays are on the Yankees schedule. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to walk through contending schedules because I, I think we're at the point now where we can shrink the schedule. Yeah. Uh, we are hitting college football. We've got Ohio State, Notre Dame this weekend. Dear God, what a matchup. Also, isn't it Oregon, Georgia this weekend? That's Dan Lanning uh, taking on his former boss. Hey, no offense. No one's here to hear about college football. This is the I, just baseball show. I think they might be Oregon and Georgia and Ohio State Notre Dame this weekend. That is pretty awesome. I will be tuned in. But this is the just baseball show. Um, in college football, you talk a lot about strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a thing that exists on fan graphs in baseball, but nobody looks at it because it's a hundred and sixty two game season. Everybody plays pretty much everybody. Uh, next year, they legitimately will play everybody. But now that you can shrink the season into a month or four and a half, five weeks, we can look at that and see the road for teams that are trying to secure the best possible positioning or even just get in to the postseason. So let's start with the Yankees. What do they have ahead? 
Let's start with the Yankees, and we're going to rate their strength of schedule out of 10. We thought you could do a letter grade, but a letter grade is not the best way to do it. I felt like out of 10 is the best way to do it. So for the Yankees, I gave them a 7 out of 10 difficulty. Their highlights, they're going to play the Rays for six games coming up. Three at home, three on the road. They're going to play the Twins at home. They're going to be at Milwaukee to play the Brewers. And they're going to face the Orioles at home. A lot of contenders, a lot of solid teams throughout. But some of the easier or easy as they should be is the Red Sox. They're going to play the Red Sox for six games with four being in Yankee Stadium. And then they get a little two-game buffer with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that's a 7 out of 10 difficulty moving forward. The Yankees should do pretty well. Right now, when we look at the standings, the Yankees are 7.5 games up. I don't think anyone expects them to blow that division lead because also the guys behind them, if we're breaking into the Tampa Bay Rays, the Rays have a really tough schedule ahead. I gave them a 9 out of 10 difficulty. But before we break into the Rays, who they're facing, what do you think about a 7 out of 10 difficulty for the Yankees? Yeah, I I think the 7 is fair. Um, The home and home with Tampa is going to be very telling. I think the Twins, yeah, the Twins have won a couple. I think their winners are three in a row right now. But I don't know. They've just kind of lost that appeal. They've lost that momentum. It's Cleveland's division right now, I think. I agree. Uh, Especially with what the White Sox are doing. Dear Lord. But, um, you know, you've got the Twins at Yankee Stadium. We know that the Twins are are the Yankees bitch. Like, very obvious. Uh, At Milwaukee, I think, is going to be a very interesting one, depending on how the pitching rotation lines up for Milwaukee. Because if they get, you know, I if they get a, a Hauser or something who I think was just on a rehab assignment, like, okay. But if you get, if you get Burns, if you get Ashby, if you get, you know, any assortment of the top dogs, you could be in serious trouble. Talking about top dogs for the Brewers, you know, who's back. Our boy, Freddie. Freddie is back. Freddie's been back. I know, but he's back. God, he's been Freddy. back. Yeah. I mean, we're the Freddie pod. Well, uh, yes, we were the Freddie 2021 pod. He hasn't yeah. done enough in 2022, but find me right back on the bandwagon in 2022. Right back. I, God, I love that, man. All right, let's break into the race. Like I said, we gave them nine out of 10 difficulty. They have the hardest schedule of all the contenders in the American League. Highlights, Astros, they got six games against them, three at home, three on the road. Then they got the Yankees, again, for six games, three at home, three on the road. They got eight against the Blue Jays, which is going to be tough. And then they're going to be playing three games at the Guardians. I mean, this is, you know, this is all in a month. This is from September 1 all the way to October, what, 6th, 7th when the season ends? 5th or 6th. And, you know, the Red Sox aren't very good, but I guess the low lights, six against the Red Sox, three at home, three on the road, and then you're going to play the Rangers at home. So that's an easier series, but it's not like the Rangers are that bad either. They don't really have a break as we move into the playoff hunt. And again, when we look at the standings, the Rays are seven and a half out of the Yankees as we record. So right now, they're the leading player in the wild card, but they have the hardest schedule moving forward. I still think the Rays will be a wild card. I still think there's a strong possibility they will be at the top, but it is... You know, they're no lock to run away with this, especially with how hard their schedule is. No, I don't think so. I think I think the six with Houston are going to be really tough. Um, yeah. But I think that the eight with Toronto are going to be the most telling because those are two teams that are jostling for positioning within the wild card standings. Because um, like you mentioned off the top, like the Yankees are seven and a half clear. 
even if they continue to underwhelm, I don't think anybody's catching the Yankees. I don't think teams make up seven and a half games in a month. Um, yeah. Naturally, Tampa's going to catch them and win the division. Yeah. But um, yeah, I or mean, the, the Orioles. Yeah, no, <laughs> 10 and a half. That's impossible. Uh, eight with Toronto, I think is going to be very, very telling. And Tampa could use the depth. It doesn't look like Wander Franco's coming back. But you know who apparently looks quote unquote gross from the people that have been watching him is Tyler Glass now. Like there is, uh, I, I've talked with Arm about this. We, we love the term non-zero because non-zero could either mean 90% or 1%. Um, there is a non-zero chance that Tyler Glass now pitches for the Tampa Bay Rays in 2022. I love it. It's so vague. It's, it's so, so vague. vague. <laughs> it's so vague. Like get hyped because there's a 5% chance it happens, but Tyler Glass now could pitch for the for the Rays in 2022. Um, he could actually come back and like, give them a couple of innings down the stretch. He's not going to start and throw seven innings, eight innings, but you can run Tyler Glass now out there for 60 pitches, I do think. Especially with how good Rasmussen has looked, and then, of course, oh, he's been great. And if somehow Shane Boz is back, and then you throw Glass now into there? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. We have a potential can face up against the Yankees and the Astros and make it. That offense? You think that offense can keep pace with Houston? I think the way they match up, anything is possible. I mean, this offense has gotten them to this point. When we're still looking at the standings, you know, I mean, the rate, you know, we we talk about how great this Orioles offense is, right? You'd say the Orioles offense is great. It's what's got them there. It's got them here, right? The Orioles offense is good. They've scored more runs this year than the Orioles have. Tampa's offense. Diaz, Margot, Peralta, who had a great game yesterday. David Peralta is kind of mashing right now. That's Harold it. Ramirez, thank goodness he's back. Arosa Reina, three thirty. Um, I mean, Taylor Walls being in there sucks so bad. You know what's crazy? Taylor Walls buyouts above average, fifth worst defender of all shortstops. Yeah, what? I just would never peg that for him ever, ever. <laughs> How? Ever. Also, Jose Siri being 27 years old is such an underdog story. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's he's incredible. He's so good. If he could hit, he'd be the best player in baseball. Man, if he could hit. If he could hit. Imagine. If only he could make contact with the baseball, he would be the best player in baseball. At least one of them. Yes, I think that the Rays offense, they can figure it out because there's a non-zero chance that Juan Franco comes back. Non-zero, even though it's way closer to zero than 100 Non-zero. Non-zero. He could, technically. Let's move into the Toronto Blue Jays, who are just nine games back, one and a half games behind the Tampa Bay Rays. I gave them a six out of ten in terms of difficulty. Easier than the Yankees, easier than the Rays, but not one of the easiest in the American League. Their highlights, Orioles, they got ten games against the Orioles with seven in Camden Yards. They have nine against the Rays with five at home. They're going to face the Yankees at home. And they have a very cool series going on with the Phillies at Philadelphia. I guess you could say low lights, the Red Sox. Sorry to put you in the low lights category, but I think it's fair when the Red Sox are 62 and 66. You want to hear another team that's that's worse than that? Um, I mean, the White Sox are better than that. So Red Sox fans, if you consider the White Sox a bad team, you're worse than them. I don't know what else to tell you. You're at... Texas, the Blue Jays, going back to the Blue Jays. So you got the Red Sox at home, you're at Texas, and you're at Pittsburgh. So I gave them a 6 out of 10 on the difficulty scale. I think, like I said earlier, the Blue Jays are sneaky because 
Gosman has not had that fall from grace that we saw with San Francisco. And I was never predicting it. It was just something that I wanted to watch. Could he be a guy who finishes the entire season? Not like he did last year, but he has looked great. Manoa, of course, looks good. And then Barrios is at least somewhat figuring it out. Is he going to have his blow up start? Yes, but he's looked much better. And I think Blue Jays fans can attest this than he did. And the offense is just great. I mean, Lordy Scurriel Jr. has had such a good second half. George Springer is back and he's on fire. Vladdy is being Vladdy. Bichette has at least looked better, at least in my eyes. And Teoscar has his ups and downs. But I mean, yeah, you grimaced at Bichette over the full season. It's just not been what I thought. I was so high on him coming into the season. So high on this guy. And I still am high on him. Uh, in terms of being at the plate, but defensively, he's just still not been that great. And offensively, it's it's been a disappointment this year, but it's not been bad. It's just been a disappointment by his standards. He's been a 1.4 B-War guy. He was 5'9 last year. He's 1.4 this year. Slashing 262, 304, 423. He's been bad. He's been like bad by his standards. Been, yeah, yeah, he's been an average major league shortstop. He's OPS plusing 106. He's an he's, average major league shortstop. He switched spots with Dansby. Just went like, yes. Bo Bichette should be the barometer now for average shortstop play. Um, real I, that, quick. That sentence sucks, though. What? What? Bo Bichette, the barometer for average shortstop play? That sucks. I Don't can keep wait. saying it. Do you want me to say it 10 minutes from now, too? Fine. Mix. You have two more times to mix it in for the rest of your life. Okay. So choose wisely. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you get pissed each time. Also, I want to go back to uh, your thing about the the White Sox and the Red Sox record here, um, and I wanted to get the attribution right. So, CHGO is a uh, like a media um, site, like a media company in Chicago that uh, is relatively new. I think they just started a couple of months ago. Um, but there's also um, a media site in um, Phoenix called PHNX. And they cover like PHNX Diamondbacks, like CHGO White Sox. And and on their podcast, um, apparently one of the guys referred to the Diamondbacks as the lowly Diamondbacks. And Jesse Friedman on the on the PHNX Diamondbacks podcast uh, said, I genuinely believe that the White Sox would be a worse team than the Arizona Diamondbacks if they were in the National League West. I uh we're going to go through the strength of schedule and you kind of see how these teams get wins because how many times are you going to play the Royals? How many times are you going to yeah. play the Tigers? Yeah. And then it's not like the twins are that great. And I, the Guardians should be in first place and the Guardians are good. But I think when we go to the playoffs, there's going to be some teams that just kind of get exposed a little bit. Not saying that the Guardians, I think the Guardians actually can compete, but I'm talking more about the twins. It's just not as strong. It's no, just, I, it's not as strong. I'm I'm with Jesse. I mean, I I do think that the Arizona Diamondbacks they if swept, they swept them places. Yeah, they swept them when they played them. The Dam- Arizona Diamondbacks just swept the Chicago White Sox in three games in Chicago. He made a nice point. Like, not next year, not for the future. Right now, the Arizona Diamondbacks are a better team than the Chicago White Sox, and I wholeheartedly agree. And Corbin Carroll's now up. The Diamondbacks have a brighter future, and they're better currently than the Chicago White Sox. Brighter future is really hard. How? Like I mean, opening day th- next year when you've got a healthy Eloy, Robert, TA. Like, granted, opening day is the best day for White Sox fans yeah. every single year. And game and 162 is the worst day. White Sox and Angels are going to be so good next year. Yeah, they're going to be amazing. <laughs> they're going to meet in the World Series somehow. Two American League teams meeting in the World Series because that's how good the White Sox and the Angels are. Uh, Rod Manfred is going to create an exception for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Toronto... 
like those 10 with Baltimore is yeah. fascinating. Fascinating. And, and, you know, that, that takes us right into Baltimore too. They're seeing Toronto for 10. That's really hard for both sides. I think pitching is going to be tested more than anything because we know what kind of boppers both those offenses have. Um, the question is going to be which under, well, the Orioles, the bar was so freaking low for that starting rotation and they're outperforming um, expectations. Toronto, the bar was so high and they're drastically underperforming uh, according to those expectations. So we'll see if the underwhelming Blue Jays rotation is better than the overwhelming Orioles rotation. Have you seen Austin Voth lately? Yeah. Oh, hard yeah. to find better pitchers than him. Right but now. Right now. Right now. Did you see the dude in Miami that just threw a complete game against the Dodgers? Are you talking about the dude Sandy? Who? Yeah. What's his last name? He's all right. Is he gonna Alec, Alicantara. Alicantara. Um, the Baltimore Orioles, they're one and a half games out of the wild card. Just don't sleep on them. You talked about 10 games with the Blue Jays, and they have somewhat of a difficult September and bit of October remaining, but I gave them a five out of 10. You know, they're going to face a series at the Yankees. They have the Astros for four, but it's at home. Again, that series, like you said, with the Blue Jays, they have 10 of them with seven being at home. And then they're at Cleveland, but they guess they get to face the Tigers at home. They get to, they're at Washington to face the Nationals. They're at Boston, who they can beat. And then they get the A's at home. So in the AL East, they have the easiest remaining schedule, and they also get the Blue Jays for a ton of games with seven of those 10 at home. Yeah. Orioles can do it. Orioles can. They can. What the fuck? The Orioles can do it. They can. I put out on Twitter, I was like, is it too late to buy stock? Yeah, Adley it's too late so to buy good. stock. Like stock's already through the roof. Um, I know, but, I'm, I'm but the bandwagon, the bandwagon is like just leaving the station right now. You could definitely run it down, like in the movies. Orioles fans should have so much to be excited about because they're ahead of the window. They have a whole farm system that could look more like their major league team in two years. Yeah. Do you think Gunner comes up on September first? He's twenty. Yeah, but he's. But he's. And no, Mateo won't let him. Mateo's been awesome. For him, Mateo's been really good. Um, Gunnar Henderson. Anthony Santander's been really good. Austin Hayes has slowed down lately, but he's rude at O'Doors. <laughs> nobody should be blocking Gunnar. 64 games in triple right now. Gunnar slashing 282, 386, 502. That's an 888 OPS. What the fuck? He's a freak. That's so sick. Arm's going to come out with the top 100. I, I just texted him today. I said, I'm fiending. Yes. I'm fiending to know who's number one. Well, Gunner I, might be number one. Carol might be number one. Jordan Walker might be number one. Ellie might be number one. There's a Jason lot of Amigas. No, he <laughs> won't be number one. Uh, Ken Waldachuk. He won't be number one. Who else you got? JP uh, Sears. Has JP he graduated Sears yet? Revenge game. Uh, <laughs> Did he get scratched or did he actually pitch? <laughs> no, he pitched. He pitched fine. Did he pitch well? I mean, I don't, I don't like um that game. I, I didn't watch most of that. Um, that was the one Yankee game that I couldn't really watch much of, but I saw I think I saw the final stat line. I think he threw like six innings. I think he gave up like three hits at one and run. I love it. All right. Yeah. Let's talk uh let's talk guards. Let's talk guardians. Let's move over to the AL Central. Guardians got a pretty easy schedule moving forward. And when we look just at the standings right now, 
The Guardians ha- hold a two-game lead over the Twins, and I think they're going to keep it. I gave them a 4 out of 10 on the difficulty scale. They're going to play the Rays at home. They have 8 against the Twins, and I think they're kind of going to dominate that series because 5 of those are at home, and then they get the Mariners at home. That's the tough part of their schedule. The low lights, they got to play the Royals for 9 games with 6 being at home. They get to play the Angels at home. They're at Chicago against the White Sox, and they're at Texas. The Guardians... They're only two games up, but if they just play well against the Twins, the Guardians should win this division. I mean, it's kind of great that they have Kansas City for nine games, as long as you don't run into Brady Singer three times. And even if they do, I think they could beat him once or twice. Yeah, I think so, too. I Listen, man, um, if you are trying to buy stock late in Baltimore, um, I will buy less valuable stock in Cleveland. Uh, yes, and as you um, should. Yeah, I'm on that Cleveland bandwagon like there's no tomorrow, man. I The back end of that bullpen, what they've done, uh, the duo of Classe and Karinczak, and then you, you factor in like a Trevor Steffen too, they have been so ridiculously awesome over yeah. the last you know month or so. Um, that's the type of bullpen that shortens a game. And I, I think we were expecting that from the Yankee bullpen this year. I don't think we're getting that. I don't think we're getting that from any bullpen in the postseason, aside from Cleveland. Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball. Yeah, the but second best closer is Emmanuel Class A. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like they have, you know, Mets fans go crazy for Edwin Diaz, and as they should, but in the playoffs, like you need that lockdown closer. Not right. Like that's that. su- super, super important. I know I'm just giving Emmanuel Class A his shine because oh, yeah. I don't think he's gotten enough of it. Where Edwin Diaz is like, oh, could he win the Young? I mean, Emmanuel Class A has been almost as good. He there was a video on pitching ninja of a of a front door cutter that he had. It was the most perfect pitch I've seen this year. Yeah. I mean, it was one on one exactly on the corner. I mean, he's he's incredible. He deserves a lot of praise. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm taking away from the rest of the Cleveland bullpen. I'm just saying let's give him his flowers because he's earned them. Right. So if if the Mets get through eight and Cleveland gets through eight, it's the same deal. The game Basically. is over with Diaz and Classe. Diaz is the best closer in the National League. Classe is the best closer in the American League. Diaz is more of a strikeout artist, so he will obviously get the nod for best closer in baseball right now. As he um, should. If Josh Hader has a bounce back outing in a 10 run game against the Rockies, I think Josh Hader retakes that crown, uh, but we shall <laughs> oh, see. Oh man. Oh man. Dude. Oh man. Catching up to him. There's something about Josh Hader and those like mint and hot pink city edition jerseys that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. It doesn't vibe for me. I'm used to him in the brew crew thing. Yeah. But um, I think if he was shoving, it would vibe. I don't think it would vibe. I just don't, don't think, think it would vibe. I don't think that's haters MO, man. Um, it would be like Dude. if Rodon was in that. Like, could you see Carlos Rodon in that? Rodon's yeah. Rodon sporting a camo glove on the mound. Like, does I'm camo so and hot pink San Diego do anything for you? I'm so obsessed with Rodon. Yeah. He's throwing a night. It's Rodon and Clevenger tonight. One of my favorite bets of the year is the under. We'll see how it goes. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but it just wrapping up my point on, on the bullpens, when we get to the postseason, call class A and Diaz a wash. Yeah. Think about the eighth, like work backwards. The ninth, both those teams have it covered. The eighth, you tense up a little bit as a Mets fan. You don't tense up at all as a Guardians fan. And we saw it like the best bullpen in recent memory. And I know that I brought this bullpen up in recent weeks, 2015 Kansas City. 
the yeah. game was shortened by three innings. Crazy. That's massive, especially massive. in this era of pitching where the starter, if they're great, is going to go seven. Nobody's throwing a complete game in the postseason anymore. If it's a one-run game, nobody is throwing a complete game in the postseason. Slight credit to the Mets. Doesn't take anything away from your point about Cleveland because Cleveland has the better bullpen than the Mets do. But Ottavino has really been impressive this year. Yeah, he has. I don't trust Seth Lugo. I mean, I think he could be, I think he's a good reliever. I just playoff baseball, you got Seth Lugo throwing in curveballs. I know it's spinning at like 4,000 RPM or whatever it is. It's crazy, but I just, I want seven out of DeGrom and Scherzer, and then I want the eighth and ninth with Ottavino and Diaz. And I think the point of what I'm saying about Ottavino is if I told you at the beginning of the season that Ottavino would be a guy I definitely trust. You know, he was on the Red Sox for a little bit. There was bad days with the Yankees, but he really found his footing with the New York Mets. And it's cool to see. It's cool to yeah. see that slider sliding. Yeah. Uh, as long as there's no runners on base, Ottavino's fine. Yes. Uh, oh, speaking of that, speaking of slow, 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 did you see Hirokazo Sawamura got DFA'd? Yes, and I did. And I thought it was a very particular time in the calendar, wasn't it, Jack? Yes. Um, what? He was, he was like an outing away from his innings bonus or his yep. appearances bonus. Kind of crappy. Gold but it's not like he's been that good. Pop him. Yeah, um, gold bottles. Every dirty fan, water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, sweet Caroline. Yeah. Every fan <laughs> of baseball, every fan of the rhythm of baseball, every, uh, and like, you know, I, I know it watching baseball every night, calling baseball every night. Hirokazu Sawamura is the worst nightmare for pace of play. The worst. It's it's actually the worst. 45 minutes in between pitches. He's unbearable. Yeah. Unbearable. So I hope he lands on his feet elsewhere, but hopefully it's not on national TV too often because you know he's signing him. brutal for pace of play. You know who's signing him? The Pittsburgh Pirates? Who? The Rockies. The Rockies. Yeah, they'll definitely sign <laughs> someone more. Although they care about the fan experience a lot. That's wow. why they signed the likable guys. Pace of play, not good for the fan experience from Sal. But Sawamora seems like such a likable guy, though. Oh, yeah. He might be a great dude, but just with how slow he works between pitches, can't do it. Do you think the Rockies are actually watching him pitch? No. <laughs> they may have no idea. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Actually, Bill okay. Schmidt, new regime. They might be scouting a little bit. We're just, we sometimes like, are we alienating fans? I hope there are Red Sox and Rockies fans who actually like us. We're not just like, God, these guys I suck. I think there are Rockies fans that like us. I don't know if there are Red Sox fans that like us. I, I try to be the Red Sox truther, but as the Yankee fan, and then you and you and Aram just get me in these fits where it's hard for me not to make fun of them, Here's especially the this year. Here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of Rafi Devers and Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez and Alex Verdugo and Nick Pavetta. I love Chris Sale. What about I like Tommy all Pham? the guys. Thick. I like all the guys, but it's the Boston Red Sox. It what It's what goes on organizationally, and it's the aura of the Boston Red Sox that pushes me away. It's the dirty water. Let's move on. <laughs> yes, it's the gold bottles. <laughs> it's the gold bottles. It's the Heim. Um, Minnesota Twins, they got an easy schedule ahead of them. If they can beat the Guardians, they have eight games against them, only three at home. They could potentially make some noise because they have only they have four at the Yankees, which will be tough, but they have nine against the White Sox with only three of those being at home. They have six against the Royals with three of those being at home. They're going to face the Angels and they're going to face 
the Tigers in Comerica Park. I only gave them a three out of 10 difficulty. I mean, that's pretty easy, Minnesota. If you can take five of four from the White Sox, you should win four or five of those the Royals. Take that Angel series, take that Tiger series, you know, try and beat the Guardians and try and beat the Yankees and you're in it. Three out of 10, I feel like that's fair. The Twins could do it. But will they do it? I think the Guardians are going to do it. And I don't think the Twins are going to be close enough in this wild card. Because when we look at the wild card standings, um, like I said, the Orioles are just a half game out of the Blue Jays, Mariners, and Rays. And we're going to get to Mariners in a second. But the Twins are about three games out. The Orioles don't have a very hard schedule. And I think that the Blue Jays and the Rays and the Mariners are all going to be there. I think the Twins either have to win the division or they will not be in the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to win the division. There you um, go. I simply don't. Uh you know, this difficulty can be bumped from a three to a five, depending on how the next week goes for the Chicago White Sox. Like th- that's the deal with this White Sox team. When they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. There's no middle ground here. All in all, like they've been good and bad for enough time to the point where they're just a couple of games under 500. Um, but those nine with the White Sox, how they catch the White Sox is going to be very, very telling. So I, I think that is a lot more dependent on the White Sox than it is the Twins taking five of nine. I think if the White Sox give them five of nine, uh, the Twins are in a good spot. I have a question for you. Should we go with any more teams in the AL Central or? No, no. Oh, we shouldn't? No, they they got fucking swept by the (laughs) Diamondbacks at home, dude. Let's talk about the Astros. I didn't even prepare the White Sox, and you know that. Let's move on to the Astros. Yeah, I mean, they're lowlights in this. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just unfortunate. Like, uh, the White Sox are supposed to be this good team, right? You know, a really good team, though? Houston Astros, 82 and 47, best team in the American League by the record. They have a three out of 10 difficulty. They're, they could win. They're probably going to win 100 games this year. They have six against the Rays, with three being at home. They have four against the Orioles, and they play the Phillies at home. But look at all these wins that they're going to get against the Tigers at Comerica, whatever, won't matter. They have six against the Angels, three coming at home. They have two against the Dunbacks. They have a home series against the Rangers, and then they have four at home against the A's. I think the Astros are a 100-win team. When, when you have that many games against inferior opponents, and not just inferior, but like the Tigers, the Angels, Dunbacks, Rangers, and A's, you have a very good shot of winning 100 games and being the number one seed in the American League. Yeah, I, I mean, the best teams are going to have the weakest strength of schedule because they're the best team. They don't need to see the best team. But the, the Yankees Oscars. don't, you know, not in the AL East. Yeah, like now if it if it compounds to the point where you're seeing five good teams, that's one thing. Yeah. But the Astros, they're not seeing the Yankees. They're not seeing the Blue Jays. They're not seeing the Guardians. The like Rays. Their toughest test is Tampa. And the Astros are an objectively better baseball team than Tampa. Yeah. So I, they are the villain. They are the hunted. Um, They will be doing a lot of hunting. Uh, Kirby smart, the head coach at Georgia had this incredible line. He said, we're going to stay as the hunter. We're not going to be the hunted. I was like, that is the most badass thing I've ever heard from a reigning national champion. Um, But that's how I feel like Houston approaches this. They're out for blood, even though they are the team that everybody circles. Another team that I feel like people are circling, Seattle Mariners. They've been real good, Jack McMullen. Right now in the wildcard standings, like I said, they have the second spot. They're ahead of those Toronto Blue Jays, and they have a pretty easy schedule ahead. 
They have a series at the Guardians. They play the Braves at home, which is going to be a great series. I can't wait for that one. And then they have two at home against the Padres. But, I mean, look at this. They have four against the Angels. They have five against the A's. They play at Kansas City against the Royals. They have four at home against the Tigers. And then they play the White Sox at home. It's a pretty easy schedule. I gave them a three out of ten difficulty as well. Um, very similar to the Houston Astros where you have a lot of inferior teams and then you have a couple series there that could bite you. But I think they have one of the easiest schedules moving forward. I think we're definitely going to see the Mariners as one of these three playoff teams. I think so too. Uh, Since the all-star break, Luis Castillo in five starts of the Mariners as a sub three ERA. Let me just say Robbie Ray, seven starts since the all-star break has a three, seven, two. Uh, how about Logan Gilbert? Seven starts since the All-Star break has a 5-5-9. It's interesting, to say the least. So um, they are slumping at the right time, I think, rotationally. They've got to get back into the swing of things in September. Have yeah. to. Have to. Have to. But Ty France has been really bad, but he looks like he's finally starting to heat up a little bit at least he had a home run in his last game and Robbie like Ray looked real good against the Guardians that's been the Guardians Achilles heel all season they can't hit a freaking left-hander dude when we're looking at team OPS the Marlins are last you know who's second to last Seattle no the Cleveland Guardians oh Cleveland against lefties that's what I was saying the Cleveland Guardians I kind of switched switched on you a little bit there I was saying Robbie Ray pitched so well against the oh, Guardians, yeah, and the yeah, Guardians' yeah. biggest Achilles heel has been they can't hit a lefty all year. Yeah. You switch Jose Ramirez around to the right side. Naylor can't really hit one. Oscar Gonzalez really can, but Steven Kwan is a little bit worse. And then Rosario, I guess, is not a you know, doesn't hit lefties that well in the rest of the lineup, not much. That's gonna that could bite them later later in these series. Yeah. Uh what I will say since the all-star break, three Seattle Mariners have an OPS over eight hundred. Who are they? Since the all-star break? Yes. Um, of those who qualify? Uh, no, just current players. 20 games, 23 games, 30 games. Haggerty? Haggerty has an 820 OPS. Cal Raleigh? No. Damn it. Where's he at? Uh, he's got a 666 OPS. Ah, I thought he was doing better. Uh, I'm going to go. It's not J-Rod, I don't think. It's not J-Rod. And it's not France either. I'm going to go Suarez. Uh, Eugenio has a 769. He's just on the outside. Is Ready for the other no two? No way it's J.P. Crawford. Nah, it's not J.P. Crawford. Uh, he's got a 578. It's been bad. It's not uh, Winker. It's not Winker. He's got a 745. The other two guys with Sam Haggerty, Mitch Hanniger has an 824 OPS. I'm an idiot. And Dylan Moore has an 879 OPS. That makes sense. I, I was just going through their entire team. You didn't give me enough time. I'm sorry. They're kind of going dumb. Haggerty. Haggerty's sick. Haggerty is sick right now. And so yeah. is Mitch Haniger too. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Let's jump into our, our weird cherry pick stats to end this. Yes. Thing. Yeah, um, also, wait, before, before we move on, sorry. Um, we'll intro that a little bit again. Uh, we're doing the National League tomorrow. Arm and I will go through the National League, do the whole strength of the schedule. Um, but now let's go through some of our cherry pick stats. Yes, I've got five. How many you got? I have five as well. And then I have two trivia questions for you. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, let's save the trivia. Uh, no, trivia now. Trivia now? Okay. Trivia now. Jordan Lyles has allowed 168 hits this year. Which players have more hits 
than he's allowed. 168? Yes. Um, Trey Turner. Okay. Freddie Freeman. Okay. Are you going to say yes or no? Well, the answer is zero. The answer is zero? <laughs> Nobody has more hits than Jordan Lyles has allowed this year. And Jordan Lyles has allowed 13 more hits than the second-place pitcher. Is that Patrick Corbin or Herman Marquez? I don't have that in front of me, but I'll tell you right now. Freddie Freeman has 161 hits. He leads Major League Baseball, and Jordan Lyles has 168 hits. Oh, no. Patrick Corbin has given up 180 hits. Oh, Winner by 12. Shit. Winner what, by 12. Was he not qualified? I looked up on Fangraphs. Did I screw that one up already? Yeah. Patrick Corbin. Well, I guess I didn't technically screw it up because nobody has more hits than Jordan Lyles has allowed. Patrick Corbin. Uh, five and seventeen with a six five six ERA, a one point seven six WHIP, and opponents are hitting three twenty five against him. Mm. He already bagged on him. Hitters against Patrick Corbin <laughs> would be the third best hitter in baseball. Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, hitters against Patrick Corbin, then Jeff McNeil. Second trivia question. Let's move off. Let's move <laughs> off him because I already screwed up the first one. Well, technically I did it, but I kind of did when I said that he's allowed the most hits when it is Patrick Corbin. But nobody in baseball has more hits than Jordan Lyles has allowed. Yes, interestingly correct. enough, correct. Who do you think averages the farthest home run distance this year? Um, I'll give you a hint. It's not Aaron Judge. No, and. The three behind this guy all play for the Colorado Rockies. So Crone is one of them. Crone, Rogers, yeah, and uh, McMahon. So this guy does not play for the Rockies. No, I assume he plays in thin air. I am going to go ahead and say Christian Walker. Not Christian Walker. Not I'll give me another hint. NL East. NL East. Um, I I was so shocked by this one. It's not going to be Pete Alonzo. Nope. Uh, it's not going to be Matt Olson. Nope. You're getting warmer. I'm getting warmer. Um, is it Schwarbo? It's not Schwarber. It's you not were, Schwarber. now you're getting colder. Okay, so it's Catch Atlanta. It's yes. Atlanta. Um, Austin Riley. It's not Austin Riley. Is it Michael Harris? It is not Michael Harris. Now um, you're really warm. Yeah. Is it? It's not Dansby. Nope. Is it Darno? Colder. Is colder. it Darno? You're getting colder in terms of the, where they're positioned on the field. Dude, what? It's not Acuna. How can it, it be? It is Acuna? Acuna. How can it be Acuna? I thought so too. I was shocked. 437 average. Damn, man. Remember, he hasn't hit that many home runs this year, and all of them have just been nuke jobs. Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's fair. Um, but I was still shocked when I saw that. I yeah. mean, it made sense, all the Coors guys, but I was like, wow, Acuna, of the balls that he's hit out of the ballpark, they've been crushed. Yeah. All right. Uh, rapid fire back and forth. You ready? Rapid fire. Let's um, go. I go, then you go. Can I give you, like, we're going to give you genuine reactions to these. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, I'm also going to have you, like, guess on some things, too. Okay. Um. What do you think the lowest exit velocity on a batted ball that isn't a bunt was? The two slowest batted balls by exit velocity are both bunts, but the third one is not. 37 miles an hour. 
by Michael Harris. Uh, I saw it on Sunday Night Baseball, that one that went right over Wainwright's head. I thought that was the slowest of the year. Uh, I That might have been the slowest hit to the outfield. Oh, 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 you're just talking about balls in play? Batted ball, ball in oh, play. Oh, I thought you were talking about a hit. Um, no, ball in play. Fourteen miles an hour, eight point six miles an hour. <laughs> CJ Crone against Reyes Maranta on June 29th. It traveled two feet. You got to see this swing. It was like the slowest, shittiest swing on a slider ever, and he just like barely tapped the ball. It just died. I like it. All right, my turn. Yes. Xander Bogarts has more outs above average than Carlos Correa does. Damn, that's awesome. Weird, right? Xander has had a very good defensive season. He has. And Carlos Correa, the gold glove winner, the Platinum has a glove. billion defensive runs saved. I mean, a lot of his stats, too. I was going to keep piling on Carlos Correa's year. It's just not been good with the Minnesota Twins. No, more of a testament to Xander. Um, yeah. Xander got a lot better defensively. I think that Xander is a legitimate, legitimate shortstop option in the open market. And the reason why I wanted to use outs above average, because that's a range metric. And yeah. that's what Xander Bogart's problem has been. Like I could use defensive run save. Carlos Correa has more defensive run save than Xander Bogart's this year. Like you can make the argument maybe that Correa has been at least the same level defender, but that's what we're talking about here, that Xander Bogarts has improved that much, especially in a range metric defensive stat where he has more. He has four, and Carlos Correa has negative two. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. How many pitches, Peter Apple, have been thrown under 40 miles an hour this year? What? Oh, pitchers, hitters pitching. I'm going to guess like 15. 44 pitches oh under 40 God. miles an hour. Uh, slowest pitch of the year came from Frank Schwindel against Manny Machado. 32.3 miles an hour. Spin so rate, disgusting. 812 RPM. Used to be cool for that to happen. Now, now it's, it's just like, oh, now, now it's, it's just, you're winning by eight. Yes. And you're like, you know who we need to throw in there? Frank Schwindel. Frank Schwindel. Yeah. Hopefully Matt to- Mervis soon. This game needs a sprinkle of Frank Schwindel. <laughs> he pitches a lot. He, he did. Now he's in how about, Iowa. <laughs> how about me? Lo- the Los Angeles Angels have a lower team WRC plus this year than the Washington Nationals. Dude, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't believe you. I'm, I'm, I'm believe not going to go check fan graphs. I just don't believe you. I didn't believe it either. I don't even know how that's real. Yeah, I uh, I recently saw David McKinnon is an Oakland athletic, so they've got that going for him as well. So I'm in the Yankee series. Yeah. He's got I good didn't hair. see him slot next to Jonah Bride on the corners. He's got good air. He's got good hair. He's got a nice jawbone. That's all that matters. Um, all right, next one. By average sprint speed, who is the fastest team in baseball? Oh, good question. The fastest team in baseball. The Cardinals. No. The Rays? Uh, the Rays are four. Where are the Cardinals? Are they even close? Cardinals are not in the top four. I've got the top four and I've got the bottom four. Who's the fastest team in baseball? That's such a good question. Um, Give me a second. I, know, I want more time. Yeah, and it's oh, not yeah. the stolen base leader. The Marlins lead in stolen bases. It's not the Marlins. They're not top five. Who is it? Um, 
The Angels might be fast. Uh, the Angels are the second fastest team in baseball. Okay. Okay. I'm getting warmer. Yep. Give me a league. AL Central. Royals. No, Kansas City is third. Ah. So you've got two, three, and four. Is it the Guardians? Yeah, Cleveland's the fastest team in baseball. That's sick. It is Good sick. For you, Cleveland. Yeah. I, Hell now yeah. I'm thinking about it. Naylor, doesn't matter. The rest doesn't of them are matter. fast. Yeah, J-Ram, sneaky fast, oh, Juan, so fast. Rosario, all yeah. of them so yeah. fast. Oscar Gonzalez is a freak athlete. Yes, freak athlete. Four slowest teams in baseball, Cincinnati, Oakland, the Yankees, and San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just big hide quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm turn. up. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has grounded into more double plays than Wilson Contreras has home runs. Vladdy Jr. has grounded into more double plays than Wilson Contreras has home runs. Yeah. Does Vladdy have the most grounded into double plays this year? Second. Who's first? I have no idea. I should have broken that down. <laughs> I'll find it. Um, <laughs> All right. No, but he has 21. Uh, he's grounded in a double play 21 times this year. And Wils Contreras has 20 home runs. Did that shock you or does that make sense? Was that not a good one? No, that makes sense. Brendan Rodgers is the only guy, 22, grounded into double plays. No, that's interesting. Um, all-time leader in a grounded into double, double plays, isn't it Albert Pujols? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he is. Um, Pujols has grounded into 423 double plays this, in his career, which is the most all-time. It's just too many. That's a lot. It's a lot. He's that might hold him out at Cooperstown, actually. Um, all right. Next one from me. I've got two more. Which ballpark has produced the fewest home runs this season? There is one ballpark that has produced fewer than 100 home runs this year. Miami? No. Oakland? No. They're near America? the bottom, but they're not the bottom. Comerica. Yeah. Yeah. Comerica, yeah. 85 home runs hit at Comerica Park. Everybody else over 100. I think Progressive Field is the second lowest at 102. Does now, help that nobody on the Tigers can even hit home runs. Correct. Um, I put that out on Twitter, and a, uh, a woman that I worked with in Fort Wayne at the Tin Caps, Jen Sylvester, she, re she responded and said, uh, Comerica, where the team leader has 12 homers. <laughs> I was like, yep, that sounds about right. Uh, most homers at any ballpark. Where is it? Coors? No. Yankee Stadium? Yankee Stadium, 168, Great American Ballpark, and Rogers Center are tied at 167. Aaron Judge having 49 home runs certainly helps that. It helps. It helps a lot. Um, Pete Alonso has more intentional walks than Nick Castellanos has home runs. How many homers does Castellanos have? 13. Pete Alonso has 14 intentional walks? He does. Leads baseball. Holy shit. He's so good. He is good, really good. He's Nick Castellanos, dude, what? There just hasn't been that much bad news this year. Yeah, we need it. So 2020 <laughs> sucked. 2021 also sucked. He raked. This year sucks <laughs> like in a different way. Like it's not like, oh, you can't bond over the crappiness of 2022. There hasn't like been major news last year. Yeah. I Listen, the raid on Mar-a-Lago is major news. 
Yeah, but it's not like it's not like one of those things that pops into a baseball game that it's like, oh my god, look at this, and then he'll hit a home run. There hasn't been as many of those. So flip side, do you remember when? um, Do you remember when uh, that ballpark in Philly, Citizens Bank? Why did I just blank on that? Do you remember when that ballpark in Philly, when Bin Laden got killed, they started doing the USA chant? Yeah. Do you think Castellanos would have gone yard then? Because like that is an overwhelmingly good thing to happen. He probably would have punched out on three pitches, right? Golden sombrero. Yeah. Yeah. Shove. Probably bench that day. When America wins, Nick Castellanos loses. <laughs> loses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give me one more. Yeah, one more. Uh, how many of the top five in attendance this year can you name? Average attendance for home games. Dodgers. Dodgers are number one by um, 9,000 yeah. a game. Not even close. They pack the stadium like nobody's business. Um, I'm going to say the Blue Jays are probably up there. No. Really? They're not in the top five. Yankees. Yankees are third. Um, Mets. No. They're just hmm. outside. Yeah. Just outside the top five? Okay. Um, Astros? No. Uh, have Cubs fans been going to games this year? No, not this year. They are historically top five every yeah. year, but they're like sixth or seventh this year. Interesting. Cardinals fans are definitely Cardinals showing up. Cardinals are two. Cardinals yeah. are the second most um, attended games in baseball. Every single time I watch a Cardinals game, it's packed, packed. and everyone's got phones on Pujols and deservedly so. Yes. Um, Braves? Braves are four. You're missing three and five. Okay. There's are people going to Fenway? No. No, people are not going to Fenway Park. Um, are people the Rangers probably had decent attendance at the beginning? No. I'm not that's not a guess. It's not a guess. No. I knew I knew they wouldn't be up there. Um you got it. I mean, are people going to Cleveland? They shouldn't no. be. No. Damn it. It's Cleveland, Ohio, dude. Seattle. No, not Seattle. Baltimore. No. How about the place you fucking frequent, dude? Yankee Stadium. I said that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. You said it was number one? You... No. Dodgers number one. I, I, I must have already thought I said Yankees. I no. We're going to check the tape. I, I bet I said Yankees. I just don't think you said Yankees. Dodgers one, Cardinals two, Yankees three, Atlanta four, who's yeah. five? Uh, three. Two, one, Brewers. San Diego. Oh, duh. Yeah, All San right. Diego. They're selling Good tickets, one. man. All right, your last sense. one. All right, my last one. Um, Garrett Cole has allowed more home runs than Kyle Tucker, Francisco Lindor, Jose Altuve, and Will Smith have hit this year. Combined? No, not combined. I mean, Garrett Cole's allowed 26 home runs. Those guys are all under 26 home runs. Damn, man. He, but that's been his life. Like that's been his career. He is not. He's he's, he's never been eighth in home runs allowed in baseball. Yeah, but he's been susceptible to the long ball. Like he's I a know, four seamer guy. He's a righty four eighth? seamer guy, top of the zone. Eighth. Yeah, that is high. Yeah, but hey, innings and strikeouts, baby. That's what you paid him for. FIP. Fuck it. Whatever. All FIP. Right. End Who of cares? the podcast. Get your just baseball merch, people. It's in our episode description. We got long sleeves. We got hats. We got everything you can need. And um, maybe shoot us a compliment about our looks in the comments. I mean, especially my new webcam. 
Not me. Jack's he got a good. haircut, though. He, he deserves it. And it also looks like you had that facial hair manicured, which was so badly needed. So needed. I, I'm i just starting to hit puberty. It's getting there. It's I not know. all the way there, but like by 28, I'm going to be all the way a man. Yeah, let me know if I should commit to the, uh, the off-season mustache. I might do it. Yes. My girlfriend would hate it, but I might do it. Shout out to Sam Lucchini. Grew a mustache. Yankees went five and five and out, oh, but then they lost two in a row. So yeah, yeah, what a mess. All right, <laughs> uh, you, you guys are gonna do uh, NL uh, schedules in September tomorrow, right? NL schedules tomorrow, and with that, thank you.